You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had so many more shitty things to say about Tim Tebow, but you cut me off. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith, here to talk to you about the game of football and also the other game of football. Um, we've got a great show for you tonight. We've got Ben and Kevin here to talk to you about the wonder of World Cup qualifying, as well as um, Jonathan to talk about uh, everything that goes on in preseason football. Um, your co-host, Greg, will also be with us. Uh, before getting started, we have mentioned on Twitter, and we are holding by this, please donate to your local refugee resettlement uh, organization we have identified the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society HIAS as one that is pretty great. If you donate, just send us a receipt or a screenshot or whatever, and um, there's some stuff that we'll give you. You know, either either a shout out on the show, or uh, you can be on the show, or we'll talk about whatever you want. Um, so check us that out. But if you just send that to our Twitter, um, we will definitely definitely do something for you. So uh, a special thank you to our sponsors, the Anchor App and the Smith Workforce Management Group. You can check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. And let's get right into it with uh, Kevin and Ben. Coaching staff, how are we? We are here. <laughs> That's good. Very existential. Yeah, we, we exist, I guess. Um, we talk about soccer, therefore we are. Uh, Doctor yeah, and the I mean, pointy ball one, right? <laughs> right. We're, we're on the we're on the the rolly ball one, not the pointy ball one. Yes. Yeah, so have have Dakar and soccer been mixed before? Are we breaking new ground here? I I think probably not. Like I can I can see Descartes being like, I think for therefore I am, but PSG don't think, and therefore they suck. <laughs> but I, I mean, in the seventeenth century, I think he was writing in the seventeenth century. Can someone look that up? I don't know. He was a French mathematician slash philosopher. And that's my contribution. 
Descartes was, uh, yep, born, born, born in 1596, but, but uh, I don't think that he had much to contribute uh, for those first four years. So I, I think we can, we can comfortably say 17th century philosopher and mathematician. All right. Another, yet another on-topic <laughs> intro here, guys. And PSG has definitely existed before 1970. Uh, it didn't. It did not. It did not. Um, so, okay. So, you know, 17th century, 1970. We're good. I, I, I feel okay about this. Um, so, oh, well, welcome, Coach Kevin. How are you? Hello, hello. So, uh, as is tradition, I will, I will ask what everybody's drinking with the acknowledgement that it's uh, midday on a Wednesday. So, if anybody's drinking, um, you know, <laughs> cool. But also, uh, get a job. <laughs> Isn't at least like half the pod unemployed right now? Yes. And, well, I'm, and, and I'm that, still being I'm still being paid. I just right. don't have to start working until next week. Right. So so Greg and I are true just degenerates, and then you know you're you're still you know in the in the final dying moments of your summer before yeah, school. Saying goodbye up. to elastic waistbanded pants is going to be very sad. Ah, there's plenty <laughs> of teacher out there in elastic banded waist pants. Uh, <laughs> Teaching yeah, life in America. I'm not a gym teacher. <laughs> I I was in, in, in high school and middle school, you know, 15 years ago, and I can remember a lot of stretchy pants going on. <laughs> well, send me those pants, please, because I'm ready to I'm ready to cave in and start wearing them. Uh, you Excellent. heard that, listeners. You can you can send your pants uh, <laughs> ideas to Ben at BL Herald, um, or just send him Zubaz, <laughs> or send him Zubaz, whatever. Um, so, okay. So, uh, we are in sort of a, uh, a dead period of, of us men's national team because we're, we're waiting on the, uh, the announcement of the world cup qualifying roster. Um, we're coming out of the, the gold cup. Uh, so I think that this is a, a good opportunity for Ben to explain why he, in addition to, uh, running a website and being a teacher decided to get into graphic design. Did you learn how to code? No, there is the suite of products called Articulate, which is basically how, you know, those like super boring, like bloodborne pathogen and sexual harassment, like training things you have to do every year. I am. I am. I, in a former life, was an employment attorney. So, yes, I am familiar with those. Yeah. So um, there is software like explicitly made to create those horrific things. And um, I'm somewhat interested in moving from... (laughs) being a teacher into like the instructional design field. So I've been messing around with that so I can put it on my resume and say that I know how to use it. (laughs) That's, that's fair. All right. And uh, so I was like, well, let's kill two birds with one stone, one stone here and made a U.S. depth chart with one of those products. Okay. So we're going to get two birds stoned at once. Um, Nice Rickyism. That's what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, so this, this, this discussion is sort of like a combined, who do we want to see in the, in the world cup qualifying and also a, a shameless self-promotion for halfspaces.com, which is Ben's website. Um, so go check that out. You can see a, a real fun breakdown of the, of the depth chart, but also sort of what you, and, and if you can do the counting, you can figure out the, 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 the world cup qualifying depth chart. Uh, as well so let's let's as we always do start with goalkeeper um 
I'm I'm going to set forth uh, the 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 limits, and we'll just sort of see if we can come to a, a consensus about the top three. Um, with goalkeeper, it's it's three. I I think that we we're never going to see four goalkeepers, regardless of how expanded this um, these these numbers are. So, uh, Ben, you 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 put forth Turner one, Stefan and Horvath two A two B. I don't think that that three is the issue, but uh, defend yourself. Um, well, I'm not sure Greg is going to agree with me. I have a sneaking suspicion which, that which Greg. <laughs> Dang it, we need to get rid of the Greg on the podcast. Greg, can you be like Max or something? No, there is only one true Greg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm not talking about Max. I'm talking about Greg Gilhalter. I already hate this. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Max. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. He's still going to see Stefan as number one. But, I mean, who knows? Like, the only one of the three that would really kind of surprise me would be Horvath, just because he, you know, he's played like a, you know, what, two and a half games or something. Um, so, Turner just looked great for, uh, you know, a month and a half, you know, a month with the team and is playing regularly for uh, New England. So, I think that's his, you know, his selling point. You know, Stefan plays pretty sporadically. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious, very curious to see who is going to be the, you know, the, um, the keeper with the, with the A group, whenever that rolls around here. Uh, all right, Stumpy, your response. There's only one true. No, uh, <laughs> I, I think he's kind of right. I think Berhalter is going to stick with Stefan. I think that he has Stefan like implanted in his mind as the number one, although I'm not quite sure I agree with, Turner over Horvath. I know Turner, I mean, recency bias, he played out of his mind for a month or whatever it was, a month and a half, and he's getting, you know, good time with the revolution. But I think that Burhalter is more of a creature of habit than, you know, we liked him to be. So I think he just kind of sticks. And it's not like Horvath had a bad Nations League or anything like that. So I think he just kind of stick with... I think he's just going to stick with the depth chart he's had. Uh, Kevin, anything to add? I, I think that's all pretty well covered. It's too bad. We're, we're about an hour early on having this pod to see if if Horvath is going to start today or not, as I think lineups drop at 1245 Mountain Time. So, Are, are you telling me that, that this podcast is doing things in a fashion that is not to the benefit of the podcast? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but it, I think it'd be too little, too late. I think that it's. I think Stefan is the number one because Stefan is the number one, and until something silly happens or Horvath just gets an incredible run of games, I think that's just how it's going to be. Even though I prefer to see Turner over both of them, but yeah, I'm, so, I'm not Greg nor Greg, so it doesn't do me any good to <laughs> to, to say what I wish for. Yeah, Berhalter so just has so much time spent with Stefan with the years at Columbus. That yeah. I don't know if it's Turner has overcome that yet. It, 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 all right, and, what, and that one point on all this, it, admittedly, outside of maybe one and a half teams in the in World Cup qualifying, if it matters drastically who we have in goal, things are not going well elsewhere on the field. We shouldn't be facing a ton of shots. Um, 
and we should be dictating play. It'd be much like how Stefan handles most of his cup games when he's playing someone from, you know, League One uh, for Man City. It's just some team getting beat senseless. And once in a while, he has to, you know, pick a ball up for a goal kick. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that, that there's some of this is, uh, you know, who is the number one in, in terms of the depth chart? Like, who is, who is actually the, the guy who, in a do or die, we're going to play? But it's interesting because you don't, like, you don't want to rotate goalkeepers the same way you don't want to rotate quarterbacks. But I'd rather Turner in a game against Mexico, but I'd rather Stafford in a game against, you know, Canada. Because right. it's, it's what, what do you, you want. Right. Yeah. It's, it's what you need and what the strengths are. You know, like against the team that that you're gonna you're gonna be able to to hold possession, you want a different thing than against the team that's gonna be peppering you with shots. So I, th- I think we we agree with the top three, um, and I think we agree with who's number three on the depth chart. Um, you know, in terms of Stefan and Turner, I think Stefan's probably number one. Um, not not just because of habit, but because um, he is good. Like like we we sort of missed out because it's like he got hurt against Mexico. So he didn't get to even face that penalty. Horvath did and Horvath saved it. Like you, you don't lose points for being there just because you're there, but Stefan and, and Turner both got the opportunity and, or um, Horvath and, and Turner both got the opportunity to be a hero against Mexico. And, um, and Stefan sort of missed out on that opportunity. Yeah. I think part of it is that I, I it's been so long that I, um, for me remembering seeing Stefan in like a high leverage match situation that it kind of does like it's kind of out of my memory that he's you know really good because I mean even when he plays for Man City he's playing usually in the game that they kind of consider throwaways not necessarily he's not starting like the Champions League uh, semifinal or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the question the question becomes: Is Stefan so good as a start, like starting the attack from the back, that it's worth giving up what you lose in shot stopping between him and Turner? Because let's say we're playing El Salvador, the first away qualifying game, and you know they're going to get a couple chances. Like it's not like we're going to have the ball the whole time. It's gonna it's away in Concacaf. It's going to be a mess. So let's say they you know they they get three big chances in that game. Who do you want back there? Do you want Stefan back there to help us create more chances? Or do you want Turner there for when those big chances come up to get the extra shot stopping? So I think we, 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 we spoke about this on, on Twitter extensively. But um, I think that the, the, the relative benefit of having a shot stopper is, is you know, far exceeds the relative benefit of having a, a, you know, a guy who can, who can key the attack. But, um, you know, I, I think that Stefan is not so terrible a shot stopper. Like, it's, it's, it's all about, like, relative marginal gains and, and losses here. Um, so I think, I, think, I think we'll see Stefan. I think, like, in terms of the prediction, I think we're going to see Stefan. But I don't know that anybody on this podcast or anybody who's not a really super weird Euro snob is going to be uh, pissed about seeing Turner there. Hello. Right. Yes. Yes, Greg. Euro snob. Oh, right. Nice. <laughs> Um, you and your dirty MLS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about the um, the center backs now. So I'm I'm operating on the assumption that these World Cup qualifying rosters are going to be 26. I have not seen uh, a firm number. If anybody has a firm number, then have at it. 
Um, but so uh, in that scenario of 26, I'm assuming that we are going to bring five center backs, which allows us the ability to play that, that three back setup or two back setup, depending on the, mm-hmm. the situation. Um, so of the, the five center backs, let's just go round Robin with the un or, or just quickly. I think that there's only one uh, unambiguous <laughs> choice, which is John Brooks. Um, and then you have like five dudes vying for those four spots as the other center backs. So um, I, I think in, so, so, so Ben, why don't you, you put forth your sort of your theory here about the passing and the hold or passing in the sweeping and then give, give your sort of your prediction here. All right. So we've talked about this before, um, but I think, you know, Burhalter generally prefers one center back that he trusts to do the distributing to start attacks whatever break lines however you want to say it and then one that he um would prefer to be able to clean up the mess to be able to get back and kill patients etc etc really good really good one v one defending so i think the obvious pairing from that standpoint is john brooks and um and miles robinson it used to be, you know, it used to be Aaron Long because he was, you know, a very good athletic defender and Greg had a, you know, level of comfort with him, but he's not an option. Um, so as of now, I think those top, the two I just mentioned are um, are pretty much locks. And from there, it's who's in form, who's playing, um, et cetera. So you're looking at probably Mark McKenzie, um, probably James Sands, and then is Zimmerman healthy yet? I actually he subbed on last night for Nashville or two nights ago. Whenever they were playing, I, I saw him come on the field. So, and that has to be that that's that's not done without Burhalter's information. I'm I'm willing to bet that they're trying to to gear him up. So he would be my guess for five because Miazga's not playing, Richards isn't playing, um. So that's, that's, that's my guess there. Yeah. Wait, but what about Donovan Pines? <laughs> he is tall. He exists. Um, so, uh, so, I, I, so, so your universe is Brooks, McKenzie, Zimmerman, Sands, and uh, Robinson. And Robinson. Um, Greg, what, 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 what do you have to say about that? I, I'm pretty much on the same page. Uh, I guess – the only question is whether or not you bring both Robinsons and maybe leave, I don't know, Sands off, I guess. Do you mean Richards? I mean Richards, no. What? Who's the second what? Robinson? Oh, Miles and, and uh, Jedi. Oh, no, no, no. Jedi, Jedi's, we're, we're not, we're doing, we're not, we'll, we'll do full, fullbacks in a second. Got it. Okay, then no, no, <laughs> no qualms. All right, uh, Kevin. I was wondering why you didn't have both Robinsons on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say the same thing. Um, and a healthy Walker Zimmerman is is firmly a third option for me. Um, and I, I I hope that we can play it with four in the back, um, if possible. And I just you know, that Brooks Robinson pairing seems like there's a lot of synergy there. Yeah. So w- what I'm going to say here is I actually think that um, I think that that Richards is probably I would I would expect Richards to come instead of Sands, because I think that what we learned and, and I, I agree if Zimmerman if Zimmerman is there, he's 
he's a really, really good option as a, as a line breaking passing uh, center back. Um, I think that if, if Richards, if, if you, you know, Berhalter was there, he saw how Sands worked as, as part of a two center back pairing. Um, and as much as, as, you know, it's good that we won, he was the problem in the back and it didn't lead to any goals because Turner was good. And, you know, ultimately it wasn't a problem, but, um, I was not impressed with Sands as part of a two back setup. And I don't know that you bring him, um, with a questionably healthy Walker Zimmerman. And then suddenly you're in a situation where you have three center backs for three games. Um, so I think I would prefer, uh, I would prefer Richards to Sands, um, even if Richards isn't playing all that often. And I like I, I understand the form argument, but you you know I think that he is going to ultimately have some games under his belt before uh, September second. Um, I think that there was a, another rumor today that that Hoffenheim are are pushing again. I, I really want to see him get loaned out, but even if he's on the bench and fresh, I still think you call him up. I think his ceiling's there. Um, if, if you're comfortable starting a, a backup from Man City, I think that given our, our player pool, you should be fine having a depth piece as a, a young bench player at Bayern. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, and, and, and really, like, the question is, is, like, does, does Sands, the ability for Sands to step up and play that sort of hybrid role, does that give you enough because and we'll get there when we talk about the the center mids and specifically the 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 sixes well Um, i think if sands comes and maybe even depending on the number of center backs per helter calls that's gonna give us some information on does is he planning on trying that three back three man back line yeah i mean if if you you have five or six center backs and sands is one of them i feel like that's a clue yeah absolutely um if 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 Sands is there and Sands is listed as a defender, because like those, those sort of listing, you know, are, are instructive in some ways. Like I try to avoid giving the U S soccer admin too much credit, but um, where they listed Sands before was a, a indication like, no, 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 he's a center back. And so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think that Sands is probably the guy who, is most on the bubble for me because the emergence of Acosta, and again, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, really is is undermining Berhalter's, I think, two-year-long theory about what the the, the deepest-line midfielder is there for. Um, so talking about talking about uh, the the fullback, so I'm I'm going with uh, we're we're, we're going to bring four, um, and and uh, so. I think that we, we have to do them all at once because of two of the players should be on both sides. So Ben, do you agree with me? Um, well, can you build the whole fullback thing out of right backs? You can. Um, so <laughs> I, I mean, I think Dustin Cannon are probably locks. Yes. But then do you bring, do you bring a third right back and one left back? I mean, cause I think you're bringing, Robinson or Vines for sure. So at least one of them, maybe both. So if you, if you just want to do two right backs, two left backs, you're probably looking Dustin Cannon or Dustin Moore and then uh, Vines and Robinson. Now, Joe Scally. Let's go. Interesting. Let's go. So he's played twice now for uh, Byron Munchengladbach. <laughs> um, 
and looked good both times. Now, I, there's rumors that the, the starter is back this weekend, and if he gets benched um, for him, whoever, whatever that guy's name is, I forget. Um, it's, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> He, so, has, he has one of those names that has like 18 consonants in a row, yeah. Kevin. I know I've read it. But yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know what you do with him. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't think there's a roster limit. You could bring 30 guys. Maybe just bring Scally and see how he looks. I don't know. Um, but I think it's some combination of those six guys. Does that help? Death Super Cam, Moore, Thanks. Vines, Robinson, Scally. And I have no idea how many of them show, are going to be there. I'd be surprised to see Scally. And I, I don't know when you introduce him to this player pool, but the fact that he has never featured under Burhalter, as far as I know, is that Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. True? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem with Richards, too. I mean, Richards has very few minutes with the national team. So do you bring these guys and just drop them off in World Cup qualifying? I mean, a goal in World Cup qualifying is important. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I think that... Burhalter though has like mentally prepped himself on a player pool that includes Richards and because of injury he hasn't been available I don't think that it's been I don't think that he was left out of our summer plans for any other reason whereas Scally I just don't think that he is in that pecking order yet right he just came out of nowhere yeah I mean all right if it's if it's two months from now and he's a gaming game out starter and he continues to to perform seemingly at the level that he is, well, then you can't really ignore the guy. But I would be I mean, surprised I, in the first I, one, though. I, I feel like it's 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 worth mentioning here that that uh, Leroy Sané and Kingsley Coman like are going to have have nightmares about Joe Scally. Joe Scally, yeah. I mean, you can you, you can say that you can say that until you're blue in the face, but Kevin's right. He came so much out of nowhere that I think it's kind of, I mean, he's very top of mind for, you know, this podcast and people to follow Americans abroad because it's exciting. He's a young guy who all of a sudden is playing really well for a, a first division Bundesliga team. But, you know, burlzer has been tracking these guys for years. And the fact that Scally hasn't really like sniffed a roster, sniffed a roster spot before kind of means that I think Kevin's right. I think like in two months, if he's still playing out of his mind and giving, you know, forwards in the Bundesliga nightmares, then yeah, you can't ignore him. He has to be there, but putting him on a provisional, even a provisional roster, just because he's had a good weekend or a good week, you know, doesn't always work out. Matthew Hoppy aside. It it helps that he's at the left back position because out of <laughs> every position on the field, it seems like that's the one that, you know, we still talk, oh, should we play Dest on the left and then have someone else fill in on the right? So he's in a good position to kind of come out of nowhere and, and see some playing time. But I think that you need more than 180 minutes to to break through. I, I wanna that's say, also a really good point is yeah. that – He's in the one position where it's kind of 
it seems that U.S. men's national team, you know, fandom and coaching and the whole federation has been spending so much time over the past decade or whatever pining for a left back that if one does show flashes lightning. of hope and yeah, like lightning in a bottle, everybody's immediately going to stare at the like stare directly into the eclipse and be like, "This is so <laughs> cool! We haven't seen this in eighty six years." <laughs> Uh, I, I just want to say that um, while we may be pining for a left back, shut we, up. We, we, we could be vinesing for, do for a left back. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Donovan Ma- Pines is still a per- like you. You had it set up, and you still went curve left. I, e- even with that, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do a Donovan Pines thing because I don't. I don't want to speak that into existence. Uh, so I, I think that we're, we're all sort of like that six. I mean, George Bellow had a super 60 minutes against Mexico, but I, I think that he's like, he's 19 and he's obviously limited in certain defensive, you know, ways. Um, and, and there are guys who can do the job better than him, I think. Um, so in terms of the, the, the midfield, um, let's talk about the six, because I think it should be very, very brief of a discussion because I'm not really going to hear much about, you know, look, like I'm excited about Taylor Booth and I'm excited about, you know, Luca Delatore and that's great and that's fine and that's good. There are two sixes in the pool and, and they're Adams and Acosta. So no, we can. No, no, no. Sebastian Legette. No. Um, like we can talk <laughs> about the eights in a second and, and the eights are, are, are a serious discussion. You know, like it's, it's something you got to deal with. The fact of the matter is, is that if, if neither Acosta nor Adams are on the field, at any point in World Cup qualifying, I'm going to be livid, and I, th- well, I I don't think I'm the only one. What if what if Acosta is the one of the first choice eights? So 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 we're gonna do the eights now. All right, all right, fine. Um, <laughs> all right, fine. So if if he's if he's one of the eights, which um I think I think a. a, a I, I don't know if it was like three days ago. Someone like quit USMNT Twitter because he had a cost at the eight and people like lost their minds. Um, uh, who was, it was like at uh, SSJD or something. Um, who's like a Seattle Sounders fan and people like lost it on him. It was a dumb day because US men's national team Twitter is dumb. Yes, I said that. Yes, I participate. Whatever. Um, self burn. Those are rare. rare. <laughs> self burn. Um, so, so it, it, at the eight, um, there we're, we're, we're going to bring, uh, I'm going to say we're going to bring four, uh, let's, let's bring, let's bring three sixes and, 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 uh, four eights. The third six, I don't know. Who do you, who do you want? Anybody have any big opinions about anybody not named Jackson Yule? See, that's where I think James Sands steps into the breach. He yeah. can be an option as, you know, a reserve center back and as a break in case of emergency, you know, break glass in case of emergency six. So that, that's going to be my contender for the third six. So fine. You know, whether it's Sands or or I guess Busio is your other option or, you know, you play Tanner Testman out of position or whatever. Um, I, I think that that's how you do that. You bring Busio or Sands is, is seems likely to me. Um, yeah. And then you bring four eights. And I think three of those eights are in relative stone at this point, regardless of people's opinion about him. Sebastian Legette is going to be on this roster. Oh, yeah. um, and then, and then McKenney and, and Musa health permitting. Um, yeah, I doubt, I doubt Musa is going to make this roster, but 
fingers crossed, I suppose. I, I, I saw some indications that he was training. Um, I doubt, yeah, you he, know. he tweeted out a video of himself doing something or other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, hopefully that means that, like, he's, he's getting close to fitness. Um, but then you, if he's out, then, then, then it becomes question time. Um, you know, because the, then, like, maybe, maybe it's Acosta and McKenney as the starters, and then you have Legette and uh, question mark, Julian Green. I don't, but Geo, Aaron's it. Like, I, I really don't know what you do if Moose is hurt and, uh, Acosta is is playing the six, right? Because that really use a little bit more depth at the eight. I mean, does De La Torre get a call up? I don't know. I he, he seemed to like the, that seemed to be like the theory, right? Like that's why he wasn't at the Gold Cup is so that he could get his shit together to be here for World Cup qualifying. But like, I don't know is who 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 are like the legitimate other options who are actually playing here? And there's been Eric, a lot of Eric a, Williamson, Eric yeah. Williamson, sure. Um, Busio can play an eight. Yeah, Tanner Tessman, Paxton Pomacall, but Pomacall's hurt. Tessman yeah. hasn't sniffed the senior team. Um, I, I I really don't know. I really don't know. And I like, I and think, also like, there's that other part where Weston McKinney isn't even a starter anymore because Locatelli just signed with Juventus. Yeah, that could turn into a problem here for for Weston. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, hold on. Did it, does anybody want to make a loco for Locatelli joke, or, or are we just gonna leave it? Absolutely not. Damn it. I All hate right. you so much. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, well, I think uh, that all of the problems that we just talked through with trying to like fill out this midfield, it is another reason why, on top of Reyna playing more centrally and, and, and deeper for Dortmund in their like preseason games and, and against Bayern yesterday, he was sometimes dropping to connect play almost with the center back. I mean, he would, he would then move quickly back up the field, but he's not playing wide and he's not playing very high. And I love to see that because his like little half turn is just so nice to watch. Um, and given the wingers that we have, although I heard Polistic was held out of training today. We're not, um, we're not even, we're not even giving that oxygen. It's, it's too painful. I'm yeah. not doing that. I think that you play Reina centrally. Uh, so I I don't hate the Reina centrally idea if Moose is hurt. I I really really like what Musa brings, and I'm I'm sort of a I think that he brings something that that nobody else brings other than potentially Reina, which is that ability to just carry the ball. Um, so I I think if Moose is out, then then playing Geo centrally instead of Legette is not the worst idea. And that lineup suddenly looks way more offensively threatening. If you take out, I don't know, put Reyna in for Legette, and then at the right wing you get to put in whoever, Aronson, Conrad, Wea, take your pick. Yeah. Those I mean, are it's three exciting players that I want to see on the field. Like, period. Yes. There's, there's out of nowhere. All right. Polisic is our left wing come hell or high water. Like, there's nothing that will ever convince me that he should be a right wing back or playing doing whatever the hell he's doing <laughs> at Chelsea like I don't care because there was that and I mean small sample size but he was probably the most productive wing in the Premier League on like the restart playing on the left and he like carried that team like into the Champions League um and for whatever reason he's just getting chucked around but well, it's, but way way Aronson I mean 
Jordan Morris is going to be coming back soon. His knees are looking good. Like there's there's people at at the right wing spot that can fight for playing time. And I just think that Reina does everything so well that you can put him somewhere else. What you know what I'm most excited for is when we we see the roster and people go from 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 bottom to top and they see the goalies and the backs and they see Reina at the 8 and they're like, "Hell yeah." And then they look at the right wing and it's Paul Ariola. Like, oh, <laughs> <fuck."> <laughs> nice. Uh, like, I, 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 paw slowly curls the finger. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the thing. It's a monkey's paw. Like, I wish for Reina to play at the eight. Paul Ariola time. Fuck so off. Did everybody have to read monkey's paw in like ninth grade? Is that still yes. a thing? Oh, I have I, no I, idea what that is. I just know. I know it from Simpsons. If, <laughs> if, if, oh, okay. if only one of us was a teacher in this age group. <laughs> And could, well, could give us that information. I don't care if you can read. I'm back to teaching science again. So, <laughs> yes, I care good. if you can read a graph. Isn't that math? Yeah, it's both. Fine. Uh, I, 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 I don't know I, if you know this. Asa. Math and science are are quite intertwined. I want you both to ask Stumpy how I did in math and science. <laughs> he was there. He knows. It and wasn't Asa great. Wasn't there most of the time. So. I, I, I showed up, I think my senior year to math, I think I showed up late every day, but by the middle of the semester, the teacher was sort of okay with it as long as I brought him coffee and a bagel. That's so I don't, know, I don't know what you said, <laughs> just reminded me of this. I had a physics teacher in high school that would pass back tests in order from best to worst. <laughs> so the longer Jesus. it took to get your paper back, you're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh, that's so cruel, but so funny. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some problems with that. <laughs> um, so okay, so so who are our our, our four eights? Um, not including Acosta, who we put at the six. I think I think we have uh, McKenny, Legit. Unfortunately, I think we're going to put Geo at the eight and Acosta. Uh, well, Acosta, I was putting at the six. Well, I think he's an option at both. He might even be the top option. Like, am I wrong that he aside from McKenny, he's the second best eight? Uh, I think right that Rain is a better yeah. eight. I think I think Rain is a better eight. They, but they but do... does Berhalter see him as an eight? That's the question. Well, this isn't Greg Berhalter's podcast. <laughs> it might be. You don't know. He listens. He might have bought us when you were when you were not aware. <sighs> but Greg, if uh, Berhalter, not other Greg. Um, wait, other Greg, not our Greg. Uh, Triple G. If you want to buy this podcast, reach out to me. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Mr. Mojo Rising eighty nine. I think the game Great. state matters. I think that there's a depending on game state, there is a best lineup that has Acosta at the eight. I agree. The problem is you're normally trying to kill off games at that point, and I would much rather get Tyler Adams' f- fragile body off of the field when we're up four nothing in the sixtieth minute against. Panama and let Kellen Acosta go out there and just be like a gritty adult man to, to, to kill the game. Yeah, that's so, right. But if it's I like think... a one, nothing like, Oh man, we're like fighting like boys. We did it. We scored it as Tekka and we're trying to see this thing out. Like absolutely you have Acosta and Adams on there. And then you just, I, I don't know, dude, bring on like Bob Probert to start punching faces <laughs> just to like, just to finish things off. I don't care what you do. Uh, I think Kevin listens. I think I think uh, good friend of the podcast Watki 
um, had a video this week about who's the angriest player, and it was he. He determined it was Gio Reyna. I, I actually um, watched that this morning. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that was amazing. It was great. Um, but I think the point is, is that Gio Reyna, I think, is actually our Bob Probert, which is which well, means that he is unfortunately not Rob, Bob Probert. He's uh, like the 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 best example I can think of of an enforcer who also like did shit. Unfortunately, was Claude Lemieux, um, which is not great. Yeah, but... he did shit. He turtled. <laughs> Is Darren, is Darren McCarty nothing to you? Yeah. Uh, Darren did, McCarty did, literally just got a tattoo of that moment. Did he? He tattooed on his bicep. Joey Coaster roofed a couple goals in his day. Yeah. Turtling. Uh, so in addition to being a Detroit Red Wings podcast, uh, I think I think we're all sort of on the same page about the wingers is that if Reyna's a winger, the, the four wingers are Pulisic, Reyna, Aronson, Wea. Um, if he's not, then you include Conrad and or a healthy Morris and or unfortunately Paul Ariola because he works hard and he tries real hard and he's super gritty so, and he's got under-added athleticism. You, I, he's a gym rat. I, I, I reconfirmed this last <laughs> night. Paul Ariola is a designated player. I don't know how much money that guy's getting paid, but he's on a nice contract. It's too much. Yeah, he's done well, for him, done well for himself. No, I think Burhalter has shown himself to be flexible, but he's not flexible as fast as everybody wants. So he will, like he hung on to that Regista thing long past when most of us thought it was time for it to go. So I think given the limited training time he has with like the full group, I, I, I think he's going to stick to people that have played the roles that he's going to have them play. And I mean, I don't know if he's going to want to bring in like Reyna at the eight or, Ariola at the at wing back or you know what I mean like I don't think he's going to yeah. experiment he's going to do things that he's done does that make sense yeah and I I think that 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 that's <clears throat> that's that's coherent um and and that sort of brings us to uh the 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 strikers um the center forwards because it it brings up Matthew Hoppy like Matthew Hoppy I think I think is part of this of this World Cup qualifying window. Um, I think that he's sort of earned it as a, as a national team player, um, what he did in the gold cup. But it's a question is, is, does, does Burhalter let him, you know, hop in as a nine or, does he, or is he the fifth <laughs> winger? Um, he and I he also hasn't played a game since the gold cup final. True. Um, uh, so that's, that's another question, but I think, I think in terms of the, the three, or four center forwards. Um, I think two of them are in stone, uh, which which is Josh Sargent and and Jordan P. Folk. Um, but then then you get into a question of you know do you bring three and put Weya as sort of the breaking case of emergency center forward? Um, do you bring four with Hoppy and have Hoppy be sort of that you know maybe he's a winger? I think I think I've resigned myself to Jassy's artist being there, um, which is fine. He works hard and he does the job, but. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do you what do you guys think? I don't think that PFOC is is chiseled in stone. Personally, I, mean, he, I, I, I he was kind of like a second choice guy through the Nations League in. Yeah, but he's. I mean, he's, he's scoring goals left so much I, I, in I, I know, and I think don't they don't they have another qualifier today? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yes, he is scoring tons of goals and champions league qualifying yeah. um 
I, I don't know. I just never got the vibe that he was he was one of the favorites. What I, I would rather see him on the roster. I, I think that I think that out of all right, he he's scoring goals, which means he's the most in form of any of these strikers that we currently have. But he's also uh, one probably the least limited in what he can do. Um, like I think that he's like pretty pretty savvy and can drop in kind of like Sargent. I, I have no idea how Sargent's next six months of his life are going to go. Um, but I don't know. I just, or for, does he? Go ahead. I, I think no, Sargent. No. I think Sargent is kind of cementing himself as the number one for now. I mean, he was scoring for Bremen, and now he's moved to Norwich and looked, you know, pretty good in 15 minutes. So I think he's coming in as the number one. But that number two spot, or like who's going to start, you know, the second game in three days? I have no idea. It could be Zardes, could be Pfock. Uh, I I don't know. So I guess I guess the now's the time to to talk about predatory cap tying. Um, Ricardo Pepe, <laughs> how you doing? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How you doing, Ricardo? I don't even care if he. I don't care if he doesn't score another goal in his career. That picture floating around of him in a, in his FC Dallas jersey with a cowboy hat on is one of the best <laughs> things I've ever seen. And that is the kind of energy that you need around your program. Like, I, I know nothing about the guy. Guy, he's like, I know nothing about the kid. Kid, he's like 17. Seems like he's the man. Get him, yeah. get yeah, him on the field. I mean, his nickname is L Train. It... <laughs> <laughs> yes, like... done. Sign him up, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it sucks that Julian Araujo laughed in, and so did Achoa. Uh, Araujo, the, 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 the most recent thing going around is that that's not, it's a, that's a not rumor. a done deal. Well, yeah. Greg wants a Berhalter wants a meeting before he does it. He wants to at least, you know, get in front of him and have a conversation. Yeah, Bank man. Bank bring the briefcase, Greg. Bring the briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, uh, all, I mean, I don't know. Now all I can think of is Greg Berhalter as Ben Stiller in Dodgeball, where he's giving him $100,000, <laughs> but it's like a very small amount in the briefcase. I, I mean, I obviously want Araujo for the U.S. I can understand why he's looking around, because – in front of him at right back, he has Dast, who's seemingly cemented himself as a starter from Barcelona. Uh, Brian... The corpse of Barcelona. Well, sure, <laughs> sure, the corpse of Barcelona. All right, well, do like we're splitting hairs. All right, so so maybe they're a top fifteen club in the world instead of a top five right now. Um, Brian Reynolds is floating around, and uh, Mexico started what's his name, Chaka Rodriguez, who's like thirty years old. That's their that's their best right back right now. Like there is room in yeah. in that player pool for a right. right back. Like I I get it. Like the dude, if, if you want an easier path to playing time at right back, like I would be make, I would be considering the exact same thing. Right. If it's a if it's a strict business decision, then you go you go right back for Mexico. Right. Well, I mean, what if like there's just so if... much crap. Yeah, but 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 like, what if hypothetically you're making a business decision, and Burhalter shows up with a bag of cash and says, "Hey, maybe you'll 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 be able to play more internationally." But what if I told you that this is five hundred thousand dollars? Well, I, I hate to break it to you, but if we're going to get into the bribery game, Mexican soccer has more money than we do. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. 
because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out completely free, completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burke. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just, Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. What more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What what do you want? Um, So here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Dear listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream.
How's it going, Coach Jonathan? Oh, Coach Jonathan, we're doing pretty good. How are you today, son? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I, uh, you know, just enjoying the uh, the lovely, it's not sunny, but vaguely bright Southern California weather. That's good. We're, um, we're in one of those uh, weird weeks that you get every once in a while in the Midwest where the sun just doesn't come up. That's nice. Yeah. You got to you got to figure out how to how to keep the dopamine levels high in other ways. We'll get there. How you doing coach Greg? Doing great. So uh you know we're we're in sort of a uh, camp season so we we we've got uh some fun things to talk about today. Let's talk about the most important college football player uh in I'm going to say maybe the history of college football. Uh Tim Tebow. I already hate the segment. <laughs> Tim Tebow cut from the team like he is a Taking Back Sunday song. Uh, I think that the Jaguars got bullied into cutting him. That's my theory. Yeah, I think this, I think you're exactly right, Ace. I think this is cancel culture taking its toll one more time. Um, <laughs> there, there were a lot of obstacles in the way of making this work. Um, for starters, he didn't know how to play tight end. <laughs> Second, I think the NFL just has a lot of issues with with um, an outspoken white Christian who who appreciates Christianity and and unfortunately though the thing though that did him in was a, a complete inability to to uh, either pass or run block. Um, so I want to I want to point something out here. I'm just speculating here, but uh, do you know what Tim Tebow was pretty famous for? Taking a Steve knee, taking a knee, and wow. now he's out of the league. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's full circle. We finally got there. <laughs> just saying, you know. Christians have always been persecuted. This is just another one. I mean, I do, I do think we are setting ourselves up for another season where roster instability is going to uh, be a hallmark, something that you have to come to terms with every week, and. And if nothing else, Tim Tebow now knows the Jaguars' offensive playbook. So, so if you uh, if you did do an early season prop bet uh, for something like a a touchdown pass or a run or a throw, who knows? Uh, who knows? Uh, Tim Tebow he he may come back. He may come back. He may uh, if you will. Well, everything we've learned from again. about everything we've learned from 2016 on says that now that he knows the Jaguars' playbook. That makes him a better option for a scab quarterback than Colin Kaepernick, or really, you know, ninety percent of other quarterbacks in the world, because you just need that familiarity, and that's how you go through and you know hang five hundred yards on the Detroit Lions and get forty million dollars. Isn't that right, Matt Flynn, longtime Matt. listener? Uh, and and you know, like, like like Jonathan was mentioning, like you know, he he's he's down, but you know, maybe by by the third game he'll he'll rise again you know you're exactly right so there there were 11 men playing offense when tim tebow departed the earth i mean departed the <laughs> roster physically <laughs> and you know maybe a month maybe 40 days from now uh we, we'll see some we'll see some action 
I, I think we'll have to revisit this segment on the pod because I don't think this is the last we've heard of one Timothy Tebow. And I'm just saying, like, you know, there, there are 11 men on the field. There's a coach who is involved in everything. Um, and then the fans are, are constantly referred to as the 12th man. So that's that's 13 people around Tim Tebow, um, you know, and one of them betrayed him. One of them betrayed him. And, and, and now he's out in the wilderness. But, you know, always, always able to come back. And to Br- uh, what are you and implying Ur- about a roster crafted by Urban Meyer that might see the betrayal of them? At two herbs, at two. Uh, that that would be Latin. Where we we are looking for Aramaic. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say "and you, Urban" in Aramaic. Same. If any e of our two. listeners, e uh, two no. tambien e two. E2, Mama Tambien, Urban Meyer. Um, so I, I think, I think like, in, in terms of, like, the, 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 the news coming out of the NFL, that was a big thing that happened today because people are stupid and focus on things that don't matter. Um, well, we're you know, also, be, what, are we between the second and third preseason game? Yeah, like, we're, 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 we're in that weird part of the NFL preseason, at least, where it's like, oh, players who aren't good are getting cut. Well, yes, that, that is that is what happens. Um, well, and they're also playing more because we're trying to transition into, you know, regular season instead of uh, trying to figure out who can make the team. So the closer it's a weird paradox, the closer you get to the real season, the uh, worse the players become. Right. Um, I guess the, the only other news that I th- that I thought was uh, interesting today was carry on Johnson uh, got cut from the Jets. Um, and I, I, as a Detroit resident for a very long time, well, Metro Detroit anyways, was, ha, have heard for a very long time about how carry on Johnson was great. And then apparently he's not so great. So not, yeah, really that's, sure. not that's not great. Uh, <laughs> if you can't make the current iteration of the Jets roster, I don't know what kind of skill you had to begin with, but he really did seem to just kind of fall off a cliff. Like as soon as they drafted, DeAndre Swift, everybody just seemed to not give a shit anymore and let him go by the wayside. All right. Yeah. I got, it turned I got out the only thing worse than uh, getting your left knee injured as a rookie is having your right knee injured in your second season. Those are kind of hard ones to come back from. And, and I think, unfortunately, the end result is that he'll just have to live on as a guy that we remember. We'll always remember him as a guy. It, so nobody's going to say carry on, carry on. Or are we are we just leaving that on the table? Carry on, my wayward son. The biggest losers in this entire situation are our fantasy football team owners looking for some low hanging fruit. Yeah, um, yeah, that's so Asa. <laughs> so Asa. Yes, mostly. Um. So there. So so the the sort of uh, ancillary part of this whole thing is that you know in the NFL, like you know who the starting quarterbacks are. Because, you know, outside of, I think, Denver, it's pretty clear. Um, but in uh, college, Philadelphia would like to have a word with you. Yeah, but okay. So teams that aren't cool with employing uh, felons pretty much know who their quarterback is going to be. Um, Philly I'd like you, I would like you to tell me which team is not cool with employing a felon. Hold on. I can do this. <laughs> I'll give you the last decade. Uh, at quarterback, 
No, I just in general. You didn't say oh. a quarterback. Okay, you're right. You're right. I think in general, like maybe the Tony Dungy Colts. Maybe. I feel like that's more. Than they a employed. Old. You know what? You know what? They employed Marvin Harrison. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so the other news that was actually brought to my attention by, uh, by coach Jonathan was that, uh, Michigan state's week one opponent has named their starting quarterback. They did. Uh, Jonathan, what, what are your thoughts? No, uh, we saw Hunter Johnson play in 2019. I think, um, a lot of people were expecting him to kind of come in from, from Clemson and after a year of learning the system, blow people away, but um, I think that the the assessment of his play in 2019 was anywhere from disappointing to complete uh, dog shit. And, um, <laughs> you know, there were a lot of reasons for it. He he had um, off the field struggles. He, he struggled with injuries, struggled to, to get a uh, consistency going. But we'll see. Um, the uh, There's tape on him. It's not the most impressive tape. And, and you have to imagine... Both him and the Northwestern offense have changed somewhat uh, over the last two seasons. But uh, anyone who's been watching Northwestern football for our lifetime knows can't really expect too many changes. It's the same team. I, I just want to point this out. This is the most fascinating line that I've, I've seen from a quarterback in a really long time. So I'm going back to him and looking at his line uh, from the 2019 Michigan State game. Um, so that was the last year of the D'Antonio era. The D'Antonio defenses, even at the end, were, were still really good. Um, I'm going to give you – I'm going to tell you exactly how many passes he attempted, and you're going to tell me his, his completions and the yardage, okay? He attempted 26 passes against the Michigan State defense in 2019 in a 31-10 to loss. Wait, 31-10 to 10 Northwestern loss? Yes. He completed 12 for 101 yards. Okay, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, he, he completed six of them for, for 50 yards. No, that's Kobe <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> he completed 15 passes. So he was, he was positive on the, on the percentages for 88 yards. That's uh, not a lot of yards for how many passes he's completing. Three. I remember correctly, he, he threw nothing but but bullet passes that were bullet screens that were snuffed at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, this is this is a fast. You know, I, I haven't watched this game probably since it happened, but I want to walk go back and, and look at the 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 game <laughs> because going fifteen for twenty six for eighty eight yards is impressive. 3.4 yards or 3.4 yards per attempt as a as a quarterback is is ridiculous per completion, right? Uh, I actually don't. Is that I? I guess it could be completion, which is even more impressive. Um, so so Northwestern week one against Michigan State. Um, the Northwestern offense and, and then the team last year was obviously uh one of the good Northwestern teams. They won the Big Ten West. Um, they lost to Michigan State. So how good were they really? But um, they, they were a good team last year. So l- looking at their roster, they decided to start um, they decided to start Hunter Johnson over touted uh, transfer quarterback Ryan Hilinski? Hil- Helsinki? Helsinki, Maybe, right? Hil- I think it might be Helinski, but from South Carolina. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Hilinski. And if I remember, isn't he um is he related to yeah, he was um yeah, the brother, brother of... was Tyler Hilinski from Washington State who yeah. you played in that bowl game. Yeah, and then uh tragically took his own life. Uh, uh and then like the, the the South Carolina like Ryan Helinski played like not so great for South Carolina and like the, the student paper had some like super shitty headline. I don't think it was the South Carolina student paper. I think it was somebody they played had a super shitty headline about it. It's it's funny how like you remember certain things about college football and I just remember like not having any ill will towards the kid and also thinking like man somebody needs to be fired from that newspaper but (laughs) somebody needs a hug something like that um so anyways uh hunter johnson will be will be the one under center or it's northwestern so four feet behind center um and the other news for them is that their uh number one running back from last year cam porter uh out for for johnson did they say the season i think they said indefinitely but it was inferred. It would it would take some time. Yeah. So last year, last year's uh, only running back, or they, they had two running backs last year who averaged more than four yards a carry. Um, one was Drake Anderson, who is still on the team somehow. How is he still on the team? Um, because last year didn't count in eligibility. Yeah, I think I think a lot of players will have have kind of that extra extra couple of years. Yeah, so so Drake Anderson, who's been around since 2018 and is somehow a sophomore, um, what? Yep. Uh, somehow he's he he has carries in three years and is technically a sophomore. Um, redshirt sophomore? I don't know how you could have redshirted because the the first year he had carries was before the redshirt rule. Yeah, he only played in two games, though, that first year. Right, but that was before they changed the rule to four games. Yeah, but 18, 18 19, so he's, they're, they're missing a year there somewhere. Because 19 would be his sophomore season. 2020 doesn't count, so he should be a junior this year. Right, but he's... Or he sophomore. redshirted. Uh, so, anyways, so, he, um, so he's back. Uh, Cam Porter not playing, so they'll be pretty young. I think across the board um, and, and in game one, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that, that, that it's a terrible situation for Michigan state to go into a Hunter Johnson led offense without their number one running back. Well, yeah. Cause if we know anything about a Pat Fitzgerald offense, it's that it depends on young guys with a, a lot of athleticism to make split second decisions, not guys that have been there for four years and who know it to do exactly what their coach tells them to do. Shout out Jared Goff. <laughs> um, I I think that the the uh, the they 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 return their number. I think I think their number one wide receiver. Uh, lost it's Northwestern. Their, who cares? Like, what he have? Seven catches. Uh, last year he had forty-one for five hundred and eight and five touchdowns. Um, yeah. But, but they lost their second best wide receiver to Georgia Tech and their best tight end. To, uh, Wait, they lost the second best receiver to where? Georgia Tech. Oh yeah, no, Paul Johnson's not there anymore. That could happen. That's someone taking advantage of a, a free master's degree program and an year to do it. Yeah, i i think I think that the uh, uh, I think that the funniest part about the 
the, the transfer situation from Northwestern to Georgia Tech is that like mostly when we see transfers, it's like, oh, like, okay, playing time, blah, blah, blah. But like, I think this one might be one of those where it's like, dude literally wanted a master's that he couldn't get at Northwestern. So he went to Georgia Tech. Like, fine. Okay. I, I guess, or, or maybe he just wanted to spend a year in Atlanta. No, it seems more like this is an actual grad degree driven decision. Like, uh, what was his name? Paulus? Uh, Greg Paulus? Greg Paulus uh, did do that, yes. Um, so the, the other sort of, the, I guess the, the rest of the information that we, we have about Northwestern is that it is pretty much the same team, same coaching staff, same situation. Um, Hunter Johnson's quarterback. And I think we, we don't know much about Michigan State from camp because Mel Tucker doesn't believe in, um, doesn't believe in depth charts. But he did there, – there was an interesting thing today where someone asked him about the starting quarterback situation and he said, you know, we're not ready to make a decision between the two. So we had all assumed that it was Peyton Thorne and Anthony Russo, but I think this sort of, this sort of confirms it. Yes, that certainly seems to be a uh, slip of the tongue that points us in a certain direction. Yeah, so I, I, I think that we're, we're, we're between Russo and Thorne there. Um, you know, we've, 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 we've spilled a lot of uh, verbal ink on the, on the differences between the two. One of them is, you know, less of an arm, more of legs. One of them has big arm, but bad decision making. And that's sort of where we're at in the Michigan State quarterback room right now. So one of them is a bigger thorn in your side? I wouldn't rush to judgment. Russo to judgment? Uh, C minus there. I'm not, I'm not happy with it. C minus? That's an F. You failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's, the, uh, that's the, the, the news out of Michigan State camp is that um, we, we, we have a, a pretty good sense of where we're, where we're looking. We, we know the quarterback that we're going to face week one. Um, and this just came across my desk. Uh, breaking news for three days from now. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, just signed a deal with United Airlines who are going to provide special direct flights from Eugene, Oregon to specific Oregon away games. That's kind of a cool idea. That's the coolest NIL deal that I've seen so far. Like they, they, they have like a special direct flight from Eugene to Columbus on September 9th and then return flights will happen after the game in the following two days. That's so cool. Yeah, it, it is something that um, United has done in the past. I know like having uh, even a, a sister who lives in Lincoln, I've been able to benefit from from doing kind of a weekend deal like that, though um, it has not been tied to a specific player yet. Um, and I got to say, it makes me nervous having watched the most recent season of Ted Lasso of what could possibly go wrong. Uh, I, I, I guess like it's, it's ironic given my interest as a, an American soccer fan and football fan, but I, I'm actually not up to date on that. Yeah. Spoilers, John. <laughs> I would say that that was no different than like the regular episode district, but but point taken. Yeah. Uh, worth, worth, worth watching if you if you find a free forty eight minutes, Asa. Uh, so so I I in, I enjoyed season one a lot. I I I hesitate to to make this into a weekly thing with Ted Lasso because when I watched it the first time, I watched it in two nights. 
Um, and I liked that it was just like sort of like upbeat and fun and quick and good and fun. Like it didn't ask that much of me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of the same idea. There's a little bit more, I guess, thinking on it this this season. There's also the uh, Christmas episode that aired in the middle of August, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, That's Ted- more of a spoiler. It, yeah, seriously. Is Ted Lasso a, uh, a Bill Lawrence joint? Yes. Okay, so Scrubs had a ton of Christmas episodes, right? I remember the first season certainly did. Allusions to it, maybe? Uh but my problem, I, I didn't really want to get into Ted Lasso review. My problem is that it like barely has anything to do with the rest of the show's plot. It's just the Christmas episode, which yeah. is kind of oh, weird. No, no, that's way funnier. Yeah, and and also a lot more like what Scrubs used to do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, we're gonna have a Christmas episode. Do we have a reason for having a Christmas episode? Well, it's Christmas. It's August. Nah, it's Christmas. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It'll air when it's Christmas. Uh, we had a pandemic. Yeah, well, we'll just tell people it was supposed to air when it, there was Christmas. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I think I think that that's the, uh, the 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 big news of the day, Jonathan. I guess coming from uh, from the Upper Midwest, if you have an overwhelming desire for an early week flight to Eugene, Oregon, that's now uh, available. Well, yeah, but the, so I was going to say the only downside to that NIL deal is that uh, now you have to fly on United. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, to get the uh, to get the true United experience, all players endorsed through this NIL will be allowed to beat the shit out of passengers on their flight. Wonderful. I was wondering if I was going to get punched in the face for the real for the real experience. Special thank you to our guests Ben, Jonathan, and Kevin. You can't find Kevin or Jonathan on Twitter because they don't believe in it. They think social media is a scorn on society. Uh, you can find Ben on Twitter. He's quite active at BL Herald. Uh, or at his website, halfspaces.com. You can find co-host Greg on Twitter at MrMojoRising89, and you can find all of us at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, where we're talking whatever comes across the timeline. Um, We don't have an Instagram. We are working on that. We'll get that up and running shortly. Um, A special thank you to our sponsors, the Anchor app and the Smith Workforce Management Group as well as a big thank you to you, the listener. We couldn't do this without you. So please continue to listen, like, subscribe, share, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. If you can give us five stars, that's great too. Um, And thank you so much for sticking with us. We'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.